Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. What's going on, guys? Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. You a horse? Horses, horses <laughs> eat hay? I don't know. There's some joke behind that, right? 
Yeah, I think I just always start with what's going on. So trying to mix it up. Try to mix it up. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to today's show. Tuning in. And we have another great show for you guys where we welcome Dr. Samantha Smistine. And she is a clinical psychologist in San Francisco who specializes in relationships and intimacy and has been in practice for over 20 years and has a blog on psychology today. I love the name. It's What the Wild Things Are. Mm-hmm. It'll play on one of my favorite books yes. when I was a kid. Yeah. And we've been reading that to Stella, Where the Wild Things Are. Super cute book. Yeah. And movie. Yeah. The movie's good too. So uh, yeah, when we dive into the topic of not feeling loved and connected to our partner and what to do, how to navigate it, some really actionable tips for communicating that and for being proactive. Because as you'll hear, it's not always about what your partner's doing. Sometimes we need to be the ones to affect change. So it's a very empowering perspective to take. All hope is not lost. You can create the change that you want to see. And Samantha gives us some great tools to do that. And one of the big things is understanding your own love language and your partner's love language. Because if you do that and are able to communicate it, you're going to receive love and feel more connected. Yeah, we we talk about it so often on the show, how important it is to understand your love language. And Samantha really stresses that because it just makes so much of a difference. Don't you feel more love, Chase, when I give you touch? Yes. Yes, I know it does. makes a difference. Please touch my shoulder when I'm working. We didn't mention this in the the interview, but uh, in our online course, sparkmyrelationship.com, we actually do a whole lesson on learning about your partner's love language, so the importance of it, uh, the different love languages that there are, and then how to implement it. So if that is something that this is a, a new, a new, uh, Concept, a new idea, concept idea, something you want to, to explore. Yes, into your relationship, then we would love for you guys to check out our course, sparkmyrelationship.com. You can go to the website, sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock and get a special offer just for our I Do Podcast listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. We really appreciate it. Sarah's raising her finger. She's got, she's got something well, to we say. We talked about so many great things in this episode, and we have so many free resources as well. So we have a free guide, an ebook on I statements, um, a little guide on how to implement I statements in your relationship. So we're going to link to that in the show notes as well. So check out our show notes for all the great links and resources that was from this episode. Enjoy the show. Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for ID Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Samantha. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. Samantha, we like to start our shows with having you tell us and our listeners why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Um, I think it's actually one of the things I enjoy the most um, out of all the work that I do, because I think that relationships are um, a, a, an amazing place to learn about who we are as people, learn about what's important to us. Um, as well as learn kind of how to love um, and how to kind of express the love that we might naturally feel. So there's, there's a double benefit from it. One has to do with becoming our best selves in the world, and the other has to do with sort of knowing our deepest selves. We love that and definitely agree it's not always easy, but it, the, yeah. the work is worth it. And you're yes. going to find out so much about yourself and uh, have so many unique insights. And, and it really is a beautiful thing. And we just love being able to interview people like yourselves to get the information for Sarah and I and share it with our listeners. And today's topic is one that I'm sure hits home with a lot of people. And even if you feel like you're in a happy relationship most of the time, I know Sarah and I, I would identify our relationship as mostly happy. We definitely have our bumps in the road. And I definitely have felt not connected or not necessarily loved by Sarah at certain times. And I think I won't let Sarah, I'll let Sarah speak for herself, but (laughs) Sarah feels the same way. So let's zero in and talk about what we can do when we're not feeling loved, connected, or cared about by our partner. Great. So um, should I just jump in? Yeah. Yeah. I I know that's kind of broad, but we're just going to kind of weave our way through this and, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So the first thing I think is that is, is noticing that feeling um, and that that feeling usually has a yearning with it. There's a desire to feel loved, connected and cared about with this person that we're so intimately involved with. And most of the time when we have that yearning, we, we have an immediate sort of thought about what, what it is that we are wanting. And so, for example, we sort of think to ourselves, God, you know, if, if I could just, I, I can't believe that I, when I walk in the door, my partner doesn't run up and give me a hug. Um, and it would just make me feel so connected if, if I had that hug when I first walked in the door. And so we have these, these thoughts or ideas, these moments when we don't feel cared about or when we don't feel loved and we just feel frustrated. Like it's just seems so obvious if, if this person who we love would do this thing, then we'd feel cared about. Um, but I usually like to, to kind of pause people at that moment and ask them sort of really what's, what's the deeper yearning that they're having? Because oftentimes we we look at these superficial things like, you know, why don't, why are they leaving their laundry next to the laundry basket instead of putting it in the basket? Um, don't they care about me? But that there's actually oftentimes a deeper feeling that's underneath that, that we're longing for something um, deeper than that. Um, 
And, and if we really take the time to pause there and investigate that yearning, then we can see it's not necessarily about the laundry, you know, that, and, and it might not even necessarily be about the other person. So in other words, maybe there's a deeper feeling of, um, of connection. Maybe there's a, a, there's a, a deeper feeling that we have that this person that we love doesn't, um, doesn't really respect our ways of doing things. Um, and so the laundry is kind of just an example and there needs to be a deeper conversation about what does it mean to respect and, 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 and feeling respected in certain ways makes us feel connected to that other person or loved by them. Sometimes it just might be, I have a feeling of emptiness or loneliness inside and I'm, I'm the yearning that I'm feeling towards my partner, no matter what they do and how loving and, and there they are. They're not going to fill that hole that I have inside. So, so it's important to really investigate that yearning and think about what the deeper kind of yearning is because there's a lot of information. If, if it's about respect, then that can start a whole different conversation. It's not just about the laundry, but it's really about kind of what does it mean to respect each other's ways of doing things? How do we compromise on that and all of those sorts of fruitful conversations that can come out of it? There is no doubt a lot of underlying issues and tensions and, and, and things within a relationship and that we bring to the relationship as un- individuals. And these things form in childhood and, and then we, we a lot of times are not even aware that like you're mentioning, like the laundry or the cleaning up and that can become like an argument, but that is just the superficial thing. And, and it's like, we need to be mindful and aware and understand like, okay, this is irritating me that my partner is doing this, but what is underlying that rather than being emotionally reactive and, and just going down a, a road of conflict and, Nothing good is generally going to happen uh, from that. So what are the steps that that someone can do? They they recognize it and then need to communicate that with their partner. How how does that look? Right. So, right. Once they can can do that first step on their own and recognize and sort of try to understand the deeper piece, you know, I'll give another example that's maybe even more powerfully charged let's say that you see your partner talking with somebody at a party and you have feelings of jealousy or you have feelings of um you know that and you might sort of react by saying well if you cared about me you wouldn't be sort of smiling at that other person in that way or or talking with them in that way and and instead of reacting to it you sort of stop and think to yourself what's the deeper issue here okay there's a way that i don't maybe i'm not feeling as special to them. You know, I'm feeling like my specialness is threatened. And so how, how can I, and it may be related to sort of, you know, pain that happened before that relationship, old wounding um, from, from either your childhood or another relationship. And so then 
once you identify, okay, I want to feel special to this person, and there are times when we're at parties or when we're at social gatherings where I don't feel special, I feel dropped, or I feel like I'm in competition with other people, then you you understand there's a deeper issue there. Part two has to do with, with actually discovering whether or not the relationship is the place to work this out. So, and that's another thing, you know, that's kind of what I was saying. If it's, if it's simply old wounding, if it has to do with an emptiness that you feel in general, maybe you need to go into therapy or, you know, do some personal work to see, you know, if I'm feeling lonely, maybe spending time with my partner would help, but maybe I also need to focus on my friendships. I need to expand my social circle. There are a lot of, there's a lot of stress that gets put on a relationship to meet kind of a lot of needs that aren't necessarily up to the relationship to meet. Um, so, but once you decide, okay, there is this special piece. I do want to feel special to my partner. And there are times, you know, there are times when we're together with other people and I don't have that experience. Um, then you kind of want, then the conversation, that's where the conversation starts. And, and I, and I encourage people at that time to have an open mind when they walk into it in, in terms of sort of rather than it being a blame game or, you know, I noticed the way you talked to that person and, and that was really uncaring, those kinds of things. But instead have an open mind and, and really be focused on in the initial expression, these are my feelings and this is what came up for me in the circumstance. And let's be curious about that together. So it's really, I think that's the part that people often, that when people bring their expression, their, their pain or their needs or their feelings, it starts a fight because it's, I can't believe you were talking to her at the party that way. Um, didn't you care about me at all? And there's an immediate defensiveness that happens. And the fight begins, as opposed to, you know, I was aware that I was at the party and I was looking at you talking to that other person and I felt really scared and I felt jealous and I felt um, you know, worried that I wasn't special to you or that I would be replaced or that you liked that other person more. And can we talk about that together? And, and I'd like to hear about your experience. I'd like to show you mine. And then let's kind of think about if we could shift that together. Um, I worked with a couple where um, the, the, um, it was a heterosexual couple and the woman traveled a lot for her work. And she, um, when she came home, she felt so let down that her husband was sort of in his office working. He sort of yelled down the hall, hey, be with you in a few minutes. And she felt like she wanted to be like, doesn't he even love me that he doesn't want to run up and greet me at the door? I'm so excited to see him. And he's just sitting at his desk. Um, and she felt very hurt and rejected and, and not cared about in that interaction. Once they started talking about it, he said to her, you know, I actually clean, I make sure the house is all clean before you get home. And then I'm just frantically trying to finish up what I'm doing when, when you walk in the door to make sure that you can have my undivided attention when you come in. 
And so he was actually taking action, what he thought would be the right action to make her feel really loved and cared about. And she missed it because for her, she just wanted to be greeted at the door. She didn't care if the house looked like a mess and if he had to work later. She wanted that big hug when she came in. So they never would have learned that if, if, you know, if she just sort of said, well, obviously you don't care about me, you know, that you don't meet me at the door and he would have gotten defensive and, and a fight had ensued. I really love that story because it's so often we hear similar stories like that where um, a husband or a wife or one of the partners is, is giving so much love or so much attention to their partner but it's not the the same love language that that person receives love. And so it's not as appreciated or, I guess, acknowledged as the person who is giving that love. So I really love that story because it's a perfect example to show how important it is to really understand um, the way that your partner receives love. Yes, absolutely. I think that's really a key. We, we, it's of course natural for us to be loving in the ways that we want to be loved. And, and it's, and then we do the reverse of when we don't receive in that way, we think the other person's not being loving towards us. And so it, it's a very, it's a big paradigm shift to be able to realize, oh, people give and receive love in different ways. Sounds so obvious. But it doesn't feel obvious because what's natural to us, just we assume it's natural to everyone. But it is. So it's a big paradigm shift to to realize that um, that people give, express and receive love in different ways. And that things that, you know, if I don't really, it's it's nice if somebody buys me a gift, but who cares? Um, whereas for somebody else, that's the best possible thing you could do for them. Um, then, then we learn how to love the other person in the way that they can, um, that, that, that is most meaningful to them, but we also learn to receive differently. So it may not be natural for me to see gifts as a big deal, but if I know that for the other person, that's the purest expression of love they can give, then it's going to be more meaningful for me when I get a gift from them. This is such an important point, and there's a lot wrapped up in here because I'm also thinking about your story, like the expectation of the wife when she came home, you know, as a right. as a partner, if you're expecting to get love in one way and your husband's not there to greet you and then they don't, you're even more disappointed. Yes. And, and it's just such a big part of of life in general is like keeping those things uh, not having, I mean, we want to have expectations. I think it's just natural, but keeping those in perspective, I guess. And, and then it's just so complicated because, uh, you know, going back to that example, like there was just like this misread and I feel like it happens in, in Sarah and I's relationship too. Like, and probably a lot of people that you're trying to do the right thing or, or maybe you're not even trying to do the right thing. You're just, you feel like you're not doing the wrong thing. And then your partner, because they're a unique individual, it is very much the wrong thing. Or there's just a lack of, of a feeling that, that, that 
your partner's trying and and we're just off and all of that a lot of times the remedy is just communication so rather than being you know waiting for your partner to read your mind and and say you know because you're upset that they didn't greet you at the door that you explicitly outline that in a way that is you know productive that's not a blaming uh kind of like the example you said and then we can move forward uh in a much more positive way rather than it being an argument and then you're feeling angry and disappointed and it's just there's so much nuance and and it's hard even though it it's seemingly simple it's not how mm-hmm. we're not born able to navigate these things and it's like knowing who you are knowing how you receive love and understanding that for yourself in in that own relationship it's all it's all so interesting and, and complicated and when yeah. you get down to it. No, I think that's exactly right. And you made some really great points um, that are worth highlighting. I think knowing yourself as much as possible is a huge part of the process um, because then you can communicate with I statements and you can approach it with curiosity. And, and also you can be aware of your expectations. Um, and and you can also there's there's a way that that you can be sort of um, well I guess what I would say is that there's another piece too in terms of expectations I like what you were saying about expectations that we do carry it is it is very human to have expectations and needs and wants um, and carry them into a relationship so I don't think we can escape that but it's good to be aware of what they are and you know in in couples that are having difficulty so a lot of times when couples come to see me their relationship has gotten to the point where things are they're very unhappy and the expectations have actually turned into negative expectations um and that negative expectations feed negative expectations. So in that example of the wife and the husband where she comes home, if she believes already that her husband doesn't care about her and doesn't love her, then then to be sure, she's going to be looking for signs that that's true when she walks in that door. She's going to be, you know, very aware when she walks in that he doesn't hug her and that that is evidence and sign that um, that he doesn't care about her and doesn't love her. Um, and so, you know, those negative expectations really inform a lot of how we see and read what our partner is doing and not doing, as opposed to, you know, when I'm feeling more connected to my partner, when I'm feeling more love between us, then there's you can then there's oftentimes ability to have more curiosity about it, have a deeper understanding to really kind of um, see like okay, I'm assuming that that my husband loves me and cares about me, but why isn't he greeting me at the door, and what does that mean for him, and what does that mean for me, and how do we sort of talk about that moment um, and understand it better so that underlying assumption. An expectation is actually very important um, and can really inform how things are read and how things go. And it can also be that, let's say they have the conversation 
And nine times out of 10, he comes up to the door and gives her a big hug and kiss and greets her. And she feels really loved and cared about and connected. And then one time she walks in and he's sort of doesn't notice or is doing something else. She can sort of be easier with it. It's not the end of the world when, when he doesn't greet her because she trusts that he does care about her and love her. And most of the time he does, but we're all human. And sometimes we have a bad day or we're distracted or, um, or whatever it is. So what does that conversation look like? Because I feel like Sarah and I have been in a place a few times once we started this podcast. I think the first relationship book I read was The Five Love Languages. And it was like a revelation. I'm like, oh my goodness, says everyone needs to know this because you need to know how you receive love and, and how your partner receives love so you can communicate with each other and do that. And it's such an important thing. Um, but what we then found, and I, I, I think still to this day, is that things are going good in the in the sense that we're not particularly having arguments and and there's there's not a lot of conflict but i receive love through touch and I can't going back to why relationships are so hard uh people sarah does not it's not natural for her to to give love through touch and a lot of that what we sort of found out is because she didn't grow up in that kind of family. And I did and, and like very huggy. And, and so it's not natural to her. And so there's this mismatch. And so inevitably what will happen is I'll be feeling not loved, not connected, even though like, again, we're not having conflict. It, things are on the surface, very fine. But then I'll say it'll either bubble up in, in some irritability or I'll just straight up say like, you, you haven't hugged me or touched me. You know, it's simple as like putting her hand on my shoulder while I'm working. It like, it's just so loving to me and, and I need that. And, but then I bring it up and it's not always in the best way. And then Sarah will say, what are you talking about? I've, I've, I've been doing that. Yeah, I've been (laughs) trying. And it's like this. And so then I feel like, well, did I just, I didn't communicate that the best way. And did I say it too soon and not give her a chance to, to work up that love bank of, of touch. And, and it's kind of like, it's like this weird pattern. Do you you understand what I'm saying? So how how can we navigate that better? But before we continue on, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by For Hers. Getting birth control is a hassle and way too time consuming. The amount of time it takes to go to your gynecologist's office, pick up your new pack, or deal with all the phone calls with your insurance company is way too crazy. Your birth control should be delivered to you where you want it, when you want it, without judgment, and with your physician available to answer any questions you might have. And For Hers does just that. For Hers provides access to licensed doctors online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe you with birth control that can be delivered directly to your door. Talk about convenience, right? Yes, and I... (laughs) 
I don't like to say I'm glad I'm not a female because I would love to experience childbirth and all of the beautiful things that come with being a female. And I love the females in my life. But <laughs> Thank you. It seems like if I was a female, something I would use. It is a pain to have to deal with that. And for hers, makes it so much easier. For hers, puts the purchasing power back in your hands, bundling all the costs of receiving your birth control into one low price of $30 and without the need for insurance. And since everybody's body is different, For Hers offers 10 well-known birth control options. Our listeners can get their first month of birth control from ForHers.com for just $5 right now while supplies last and subject to doctor approval. See website for full details. Go to ForHers.com slash I do. That's F-O-R-H-E-R-S dot com slash I do. ForHers.com slash I do. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and safety information. Today's episode is also brought to you by our course, Spark My Relationship. You are obviously listening to a podcast about improving your relationship, so you want to do it. You're already partway there, but it takes a lot of work and creating more passion, improving your communication building a stronger, more intimate connection is not easy. And that's why we created this course to help you do it. And if you go straight through it, you can do it in less than 90 days. Not that there's a timeline, but (laughs) it's not in, you know, like we always say, the work never really ends. Spark My Relationship is designed to infuse your life and relationship with fresh passion, skills, and wisdom. And like Chase said, this is a self-paced journey, and it's perfect for turning up the heat, having some fun together, and revolutionizing your intimacy and communication. So how do we do it? We're not the ones (laughs) giving the advice. Sarah really put this course together and worked with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. And all of these people in the course of certified therapists and psychologists have been on the show. And what are those strategies, you might ask? Well, they include eliminating unhelpful old habits, developing mindful awareness to help improve stress management, which we all know can really affect relationships when you're under stress and you don't manage that well. Learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper, more intimate bond and strengthen your couple microculture and future together. So if this sounds interesting to you (laughs) and you want to take that leap to get those functional exercises and guidance from professionals to really start to implement the change you want to see, then jump on board. And for only one more week, the course will include a bonus access to the Mastering Money Talk in Your Marriage course by the money couple. Bethany and Scott Palmer, which we've had on the show a few times. And uh, as you guys know, they're amazing and offer so much great help for money in your marriage. Yeah. So visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock for the special offer for our listeners. Again, that's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Yeah. So I think, I mean, one of the, I do teach communication skills to every couple that walks in the door, no matter how 
well they feel they communicate or not. Um, and there are some a few key kind of things um, with that. The first one, um, one of the biggest mistakes that people make in relationship is they talk about what the person isn't doing. And uh, it sounds like a complaint or a criticism. Um, and that makes the other person feel defensive and also can make them feel sort of deflated and very sort of badly, like they're failing to be the partner that, that their partner wants. Um, and so I, I encourage people when they feel clear that they have a need or something that they're wanting, um, I encourage people to sort of proactively ask for it rather than talk about, you know, complain about the fact that they're not getting it. So in other words, rather than saying, oh, I just don't feel connected or, oh, I, I, I feel, you know, it's a bummer. Like, I just don't feel like you've done this, touched me today or that you've, can't you at least say something nice about me today? Those kinds of things. Instead. Once you identify it, what you would like, um, proactively asking for it. So saying, um, hey, you know, I would love to connect. Do you have a few minutes today? I'd love a cuddle. Or, you know, um, hey, I feel like we haven't had a lot of time the past couple of days. Let's make a date. Do you want to do something together? Um, and so that way... There's a feeling like you're, first of all, you're asking for what you want. And second of all, the other person has the opportunity to meet that need. Um, so it sounds really simple, but most couples don't approach it that way. They really talk about, you know, their disappointment um, and what the other person hasn't done rather than just kind of really making a proactive, positive request. The other, the other big mistake that couples make in terms of communicating around what they need um, is that they use you statements instead of I statements. And they talk about, they focus on actions instead of feelings. And it's hard to do, um, but there's a huge difference between saying, um, you weren't nice to me when I walked in the room. Um, versus I felt um, hurt by, the, by your tone when I came in the room. Those are two, it sounds like you're saying the same thing, but actually it's, it's the, you know, your partner is really able to receive the second one much better than the first one. If somebody says to me, you are mean to me, then I, I have to think to myself, well, objectively, was I mean? I, I didn't have the intention of being mean, you know, and, and there's sort of a self-evaluation that's oftentimes defensive. If somebody says to me, I was hurt by the tone, wow, I just felt really hurt by the tone that you used. Um, there might be some defensiveness, but how do you defend? You know, they were hurt by my tone. There's no nothing to defend. That's just true. Um, and I want to add a caveat to that, saying, I feel like you are mean is not, <laughs> is not a feeling that's still giving an opinion. So it really has to be, I feel, I felt, you know, and what the feet hurt, not I feel like. When you say I feel like, that's an opinion, but I feel, I feel hurt 
by your tone that you used. I felt sad. I felt afraid that you weren't loving me in that moment. Um, those are all feelings, and it's more vulnerable to say it that way, but it does allow for the other person to kind of be empathic and to receive it in a way that accusations don't. I love these two tips, and we talk about the I versus you statements a lot, and it's important to be reminded a lot because I think we don't naturally do it all the time. No, we don't. uh, And it, like you said, it's a little thing, but it makes a huge difference. So reminding our listeners now to, to do that, it it cannot hurt and, and really try to keep that in the forefront of your mind and communicating with your partner and how you said, you know, rather than expecting your partner to fulfill the need, just proactively ask for it rather than saying, I feel like you haven't been touching me lately, Sarah, just be like, I, I could really use a hug. And, and, and that is just a much more productive way because inevitably if I say it the other way, like, I feel like, yeah, it's just not, it's not going to lead Sarah to be like, Oh, let me give you a hug. It's like, no, she's going to be defensive and rightfully so. And, it's like we have these, it's really like survival mechanisms, right? Like, like it's how we evolved and that's why relationships are hard. Like we don't want to be accused of not being a good person or, or not fulfilling our partner's needs. And and if we are, we're not going to be like, Oh, you're right. Let me love you better. And, and uh, man, it's so seemingly simple and I'll even like know it. Like I, this is not new, completely new information. It's valuable information and we need to hear it. But I know that I need to say an I statement or, but inside I'm like, Oh man, Sarah is just, I just needing her. Yeah. Well, she just (laughs) give me a hug. Like she knows that I, I want love that way and, but she's not doing it. And, and so then it bubbles up and I, and I'm like, uh, just irritable or whatever. And and rather than, I think like that moment, what, what is that moment? Like, how can I better navigate it? I know what to do. And yet sometimes I'm not doing it. Is that just like mindfulness and and creating a habit? Yeah, no, I, I mean, you're, you, what you're describing is such a human experience. And I think part of it is that it rings sort of old bells for us, those moments when we, when we feel hurt by what the other person has, is doing or not doing, it's partially, you know, in that moment that we're feeling, but it also reminds us inside of all of the times when we didn't feel cared about or loved and we weren't getting our needs met, sometimes going all the way back to childhood. Part of it is doing our own healing work and being responsible for knowing that it's not up to this person to kind of be available to us in the way that we need every moment, um, but that we have some old wounds maybe that we need to heal. Um, and part of it really is, um, as you said, mindfulness and, and being aware. It's taking a, a moment and a breath because oftentimes we react and we don't pause 
um, and take them and, and really sort of take a breath and say to ourselves, okay, I feel hurt in this moment. And, um, and let me check in with myself, you know, about kind of, do I really think this person has bad intention? Um, do I really think this person is out to get me or doesn't love me? Um, and, and if you do, then maybe couples therapy is a good place to go. Um, but, but most of the time you can, you can do that self-talk and, and be aware. Okay. I know that this person does love me and their attention is not on me right now for whatever reason. Um, and, and then you can move from a more proactive request place rather than that, ouch, I'm hurt, like you, and reactive place. Like Chase mentioned earlier, he came from more of a touch family than I did. And so I do find it hard sometimes to remember to give him the love of touch. Do you have any advice, I guess, in addition to just being mindful about it, to to really help me create that pattern and that ritual needed to fulfill his love language? You know, I do. And couples often bristle at this idea. Um, but I think that, that really it's about habit, um, that we don't have naturally the habits often that our partners need us to have. And so I actually, we have these great devices that we carry around with us all the time. And I actually encourage people to put reminders in their phones. And I know that sounds ridiculous. Like, why should I be, need a reminder in my phone to give my partner a hug or to buy them flowers or whatever it is that their love language or to tell them that I love them and that they're awesome. But I often tell people, until you get into a new habit with it, put twice a day a reminder on your phone that sort of says, go give your partner a hug or touch them or tell your partner that you love them or pick up something cute at the store, you know, at Walgreens today or whatever it is that, that, in, and then eventually you won't need those reminders because the habit, you'll just be in the habit more and more. But I think we have to kind of train ourselves to be the partner that our, our partner needs if we don't share that love language with them. That is such an important tip. It's not revelatory necessarily, but it's more like giving permission to do that because it seems so simple and elementary. And, and most people are like, I don't need to set a reminder to, right. To Why should that? I need a reminder to, <laughs> right. to love? But it's like sometimes it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it just doesn't come naturally to us, and so I think it is a, a matter of creating new, new habits that are not natural to us. So, Samantha, before we wrap up, uh, there's been a lot of great stuff in this interview for us to to take home. But I want to touch on something you mentioned earlier in the interview, and that is. Determining if something is needs to be worked out in the relationship or if it's an individual thing. And to me that, that kind of hits home because that line is blurry and, and relationships highlight the things we need to work on. And so how do what are some questions we can ask ourselves of like, is this something I need to work out on my own or 
in the relationship? Um, right. I mean, that's, I kind of, my first impulse is to say that, that getting help, um, from a therapist would be a great way to figure that out. Um, usually I want to also say that usually the answer is both or often the answer is both. So relationships do provide an opportunity for healing for us. Um, and they do provide an opportunity for us to have kind of a, a, um, a, a new kind of wonderful experience. Um, and that, and so bringing things to a relationship can really create that experience for us. However, um, if there's a, an old wound or issues that are deep enough or, or, or things that we, you know, there are existential issues like the fact that on some level we're all alone in the world. And that's not going to ever be mitigated by it. No matter how wonderful a relationship is, we're going to have to deal with kind of our inner chronic feelings of, of emptiness and aloneness and what does it mean to be alive and those sorts of questions are ours. And so, um, I, I don't, I think, um, there isn't an easy answer to that question, but it's a good question to keep asking. I would hold, I would sort of encourage people to really um, hold that question open regularly um, to sort of see how much pressure am I putting on my relationship? Um, are there, you know, seeing this other person as a human being with their own sort of faults and failability and, and imperfections and efforts um, and, and bring to them sort of what you would like and need, but also really do your own work, whether it be in therapy or meditation or, you know, workbooks or 12 steps, whatever the, the mode is um, to be able to really own that it's not up to this other person to kind of heal me and meet all my needs. But instead, there's, there's always a piece of whatever it is that's mine. I think that's a great perspective to take and, and really an empowering one. So there are things to work on in the relationship, but that we always need to be working on ourselves. And so often, I know I'm guilty of it, like you're frustrated, you're not feeling loved, connected, whatever it is. And we want to point, you know, you want to point at your partner, they need to do a better job of, of loving me. Or, and often, that's not the case. It's that we need to do a better job of communicating to our partner or do a better job of showing our partner love so that they feel like fulfilling our needs more. And so for always taking that perspective first and maybe not a blaming one, uh, we're going to just be happier with ourselves and in the relationship. So Samantha, I think that's a, a great place to wrap up on. Uh, you've given us and our listeners a lot of great things to, to think about and apply. So why don't we finish up by having you tell us where we can find you online and if there's something you want to leave our listeners with, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. Um, great. So um, my website is my first name and last name. 
So it's Samantha Smithstein, um, dot com. And you can also find my writings um, on Psychology Today. I'm a blogger for Psychology Today. So I have a lot of articles up there um, called What the Wild Things Are. Um, and so people are, are welcome to read. Um, I often write about relationships um, on that. And um, it was a real pleasure speaking with both of you today. Um, so thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you. And uh, we'll put all of the links you just mentioned on your show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com. And uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Hi, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page, as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14-day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, We also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, We encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, we are all here for each other. Um, The group has grown to almost a thousand people um, and we love it. So we hope you guys join that. You can go to Facebook, Love Tribe Fam. And you'll find us right there. And if you are interested in learning more about our flagship course, Spark My Relationship, we hope you guys check it out. We have a special offer that is only for podcast listeners. So you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more. As always, thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com